Just a quick little PSA. We have two upcoming live shows. The live shows are on October 9th, 2021 for New York Comic Con and October 17th, 2021 for DC Fandom. And both of those will be available on our profile on Spreaker if you go to uh, bitbit.ly slash tmrpc. Again, that's bitbit.ly slash tmrpc. If you want to support the show, the best way you can is through any of the books or current ongoing Vela shorts that are being released on a regular basis. The easiest way to find this is to go to bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks, and you'll have links there to everything. All of my Kindle books are available for free. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you don't have to pay anything. You get it with your subscription. You can read them all. They're all in screenplay format. That includes Swan Song, The Muses, Duet, In the End. Our past does not define us. Anything else that I've written that's available on Kindle, it's available there. You can buy a soft cover if you want. Uh, there's a hardcover collection of all of the Swan Song books all combined into one. That's available as a hardcover. You can pre-order Echo Alpha, which is coming out in November. All of these things are available if you go uh, on Amazon. But, quick link, if you go bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks, I have them all there nice, easily cataloged. Also, down toward the bottom, we have the Kindle Vela content. Uh, the first three episodes are always free. And then after that, um, there's a token system that you can use to... to you know, read. Even if you don't like it, just give it a thumbs up. Uh, that way we can get it up higher so more people see it. So one final time, that's bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks. And every Wednesday, there's a new Vela book that goes up. Taser and Acrobat, Nanite and Rosebud, Tales from Another World, and The Alchemist and the Illusionist. All go up on Wednesdays, and it's all available on uh, Kindle Vela. All of this is available bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks. Welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. Let's talk about um, No Time to Die, the latest entry in the James Bond pantheon of movies. Um, I'm not expecting much. Um, I don't think that you need a movie of this length, two hours and 45 minutes, to say goodbye to... Daniel Craig, I feel like this, there's a lot that, you know, this is going to waste time on. Um, and, and for the record, in case you forgot, I did like Spectre. I, I did really like Spectre uh, back when that came out. Um, maybe I was in the minority on that. and I think I was in the minority on that, but I did like, I loved um, Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. I loved, you know... The kind of, like, it, it kind of tried to have its cake and eat it, too, with the, like, like the silliness of, like, the, the old Bond and the gadgets and all that kind of cool stuff. Where it's, like, when you look at, like, um, Skyfall, it's, like, here's your gadget. It's a gun. It, it's, like, it, it takes some of the fun out of it. And it's, like, well, it's an espionage movie where he's supposed to be able to get in, you know, and, and, and be subtle about it. And here's a gun felt kind of weird about that. And, and like... Skyfall is a great movie, but 
I, that was something that kind of, you know, caught me. And I think that when we talk about No Time to Die, I feel like it's got to take some of that weirdness or, like, the the camp and, and all of that, try to mix it with the, the what's it called, the... Uh, the, like the 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 well choreographed action, and I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I have this thing with James Bond where I prefer my espionage movies of any type to be kind of standalone, where I don't need to have seen everything that came before it to understand what's happening here. Like one of my favorite action movies in recent history was Mission Impossible Fallout, which had some really great action, some really cool, you know, sequences and, and all that stuff. Um, but I, I I don't think that you didn't need to have seen all of the Mission Impossible movies prior to that to understand what's going on in that movie. Uh, it all kind of makes sense in a very easy-to-understand way where anyone can walk in off the street and see that. To an extent... You couldn't do that, really, with Spectre. And this one seems like another one where you can't walk in and be like, I know generally what James Bond is, but I need to... You need you need a deeper understanding to be able to get this movie. And I feel like that's something that's going to be happening with this. And I don't particularly like that. Um, not just for myself, but for other people, too. Um, so... I do like Lashana Lynch. I'm interested to see where she goes. She was interesting. She was an interesting character in Captain Marvel. Um, I don't think we need the continuation of um, uh, Leia Sedu. I think her name is or Seduk. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She's French. Um, I don't think we need that um, continuing on. Um, yeah, I'm. Like, let's just see how this movie is um so we'll be back with that after this so i have now seen no time to die um i'm in the minority on this because i did look up what the critic consensus was on rotten tomatoes and on metacritic and i i don't know like am i just stupid like like i'm watching this movie and it's like i've seen the prior ones i've seen Quantum Solace, I've seen Casino Royale, I've seen Spectre, I've seen Skyfall, and then they end it with this, and this is the last one, and and they end it in a way where this is, this is Daniel Craig's last, this is, there is no coming, coming back from this one, um, with what happened in the end, and, but it's like, they bloated this movie so much, and it could have been two movies, like, if there's one thing that audiences don't mind, it's, it's, you know, sitting through a two-part movie, if it culminates a story. Like, Mockingjay Part 1, Part 2 made a ton of money. Um, Harry Potter Parts 1 and 2. Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2. Um, Avengers, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, the two-part movie. Um, so, like, we as an audience have no problem sitting through two movies to get the story told in the best way possible. But, like... I don't know, did I miss something, or, like, did they get to the third act, and that's when they explain what the plan is, like, like, I don't, I don't get it, I, I, I don't get how we get, how you can get in this, because it's like, here's the thing about this movie, like, I'm gonna run you through the general plot points of this movie, and, like, I, I, I feel like I'm the only, like, I feel like I'm the only one who's, like, 
I, I okay. So, so movie opens with you know a backstory from Madeline, who's the girl from the last movie, um, whose dad was the bad guy in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, she's not Mad Mickelson's daughter. She's the other guy's dad. So she, we know she, her dad works for Spectre, and um, and, and Spectre is a, a combination of the bad guys of the first two movies and then the the fourth movie. So. He so we see the backstory and we see that um Remy Malik um stop uh saves her like kills her mother but then spares her and not spares her specifically as much as she uh the daughter shoots him or the, the girl Madeline shoots him, runs out of the house and then falls through the ice and then rather than killing her, he saves her by pulling her out of the ice. Um so he goes, so, you know, that that's kind of how the movie Cold opens. Then, Bond, we cut to Bond, who is on vacation with Madeline. Like, current day Madeline. Or, not even current day Madeline, five years in the past Madeline. So, they're on vacation, and, um, she, Bond needs to, um, say goodbye to Vespa. So, he goes to, to the, the tomb. To, to pay his last respects. That way he can be like, I'm, you know, releasing you. And, like, I'm I'm moving on. I'm not going to keep letting this, you know, drag me down. And then Blofeld, you know, left a bomb there to blow him up. And he assumes that it was Madeline who has something to do with it because Madeline's dad was Spectre. And um, when, he, when he goes there, there's a little note from Spectre so it, it the like two and two together figures out it's probably Madeline who did that. Um so that that all so then, you know, hijinks ensue and, and there's a car chase and, and all of that and there's a car with the gadgets and that's cool and, and you know, so he he sends Madeline off and then we get the title card and uh Billy Eilish's song and then it goes to Bond living by the ocean again. Um, and this is where he runs into Billy Magnuson and Felix and, um, Lashana Lynch's 007, whose name is Naomi, but they only ever call her Naomi. She even credited only as Naomi. They couldn't be bothered to give her a last name. So when I hear the Broccoli say, like, oh, we're not going to make a, a spinoff about her, kind of believe it. Because they couldn't be bothered to give the character a last name, which seems kind of ridiculous to me. So... She, she goes, you know, they're, they're all there, and Felix and Billy Magnuson's character, whose name I'm forgetting now, is, uh, need James Bond's help to track down this Russian scientist who was abducted in a, in a, in a thing by the bad guy, like the bad R guy, then Spectre. Um, then they go to, uh, then James Bond's like, no, he gets a ride home from Lashana Lynch or Naomi, and then they go back to, uh, and then he goes and meets with Felix. And then they go to, um, Cuba. Um, they use it as a way to, like, kind of, like, as a thing where they're going to show off our new weapon, they're going to kill Bond. Um, but the weapon is actually a, uh, like, the, the guy... Sent, sticks the weapon on, um, which is, like, nanobites, uh, nanorobots that, like, go in and, uh, like, kill people. 
he uh, he sticks it on the Spectre people instead. So then hijinks once again ensue as as that happens, and then Anna de Armas and I forgot her character's name, and and Bond escape. Now they escape with the Russian scientist. Um, after all, Spectre has been killed, and they are now um, on the run. Now, something that I forgot, M is caught up in all of this. He is he is the one who has been leading the research into this project Heracles, Heracles, and he he go and because of that, you know that that's all going on. So now, um, Bond and this Russian scientist, who I don't think they even give him a name, they just call him Russian scientist all the time. So they get to um, this boat where Felix and Billy Magnuson are, and it turns out that um, that, you know, Billy Magnuson's a spy um, for the badder guy, and then um, he shoots Felix, sinks the boat, Bond escapes, and Felix dies. And it was at this moment that I'm like, yeah, this is the last one, and Everything's getting recast. It's not just they're recasting Bond. It's everything after this point. They're starting fresh. They're rebooting after this. Um, and so then Bond goes back. Gets He gets picked up by a, a passing trawler on his little life raft. And he gets brought back to England where he meets with M. And is like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, then he goes to Q. And Q um, gives him... You know, get gets any information he needs. Finds out it's a bioweapon that can uh, track people based on their uh, genetic code, and it also explains why all Spectre died. So now they have to go and ask Blofeld what he what who would be wanting to kill all of Spectre, which is like one of those things where it's like it's a criminal organization. So like, it should just be like I have a list of like thirty enterprising individuals who would love to do this to take over my operations, like. Like, it's not like, it's, it, like, I, I don't, like, that's, that's just, you know, minor concern. So, they go, well, obviously he has an enemy. Like, yeah, no shit, he has an enemy. Like, so they they go and they're going to interview him. Now, at this point, Rami Malek resurfaces, and it's like an hour and a half into the movie, and this is the first time we've seen him besides the cold open. We don't even see his face in the cold open. He goes and visits Madeline, who hasn't been seen up until this point, and give and, um gives her the bioweapon to to kill Blofeld. So, naturally, things converge, and Blofeld um, is visited by both Madeline and Bond at the same time, and um, Madeline can't do it, but she does touch James Bond, who touches Blofeld in a, in a skirmish, and Blofeld is now dead. Now, at this point, there is... There, there's still this bioweapon out there, but... We don't know what the plan is from here. And neither does anyone in the movie. So, okay, so now we are up to that. Then then they go, okay, now we need to track down where the... Like, this is the next logical step. we got to figure out where this weapon is going next. So, you know, we got to figure out where um, Billy Magnuson's character went. And Billy Magnuson, you know, went off the grid. But that's the thing. It's like, we got to track him down. And it's like... Like, where is he? Like, you know, they, they do that beforehand. And it's like, why is this so hard to find? Because the thing is, it's like, he's a political appointee in the United States. Um, part of the CIA or some state department official. Like, that's the backstory that Felix gives him. He is assuming that both Bond and Felix are dead. 
Like, he sunk the ship. There's no record that Bond would have been picked up or anything. So why is he hiding out? So finding him shouldn't be an issue. Um, And then, like, the turn he takes where it's like, eh, this is a little off the rails. So now we're at this point, and there's so many loose threads still going on. And it's, it's not even like they're doing a good job playing whack-a-mole, trying to catch them all. And um, so they visit Blofeld. Blofeld's dead. And then they, they come out. And Blofeld says, go ask Madeline. Madeline probably knows um, where, where his information is. Uh, before he dies, obviously. So, you know, Bond is like, all right, fine. So he goes and sees Madeline. And um, Madeline explains who... The guy in the mask is who who Sam uh, who are, not Sam Raimi who Raimi Malik is and why they have to catch him and and it's like they figure out why he is doing what he would be doing in this movie, um, so they figure out he's on this island in the in in this not the Sea of Japan but like north of Japan in this disputed territory, um, up near Russia, and it's like well that's where he is let's go get him, uh, so they go out to get him. And, um, he, because he kidnaps, oh, there's a, there's a shootout in the forest. It's like, the whole movie is so confusing. Like, but yeah, that, like, the, the whole thing is just a bunch of threads that don't really make sense. And it's because they've, the, it's obvious that it, it's kind of like watching Dark Phoenix. I'm not saying it's as bad as Dark Phoenix, but it's a passable movie and the action's not bad and... And it's like, you know, there are some emotional moments, but it's not as good as Mission Impossible Fallout. Like that, that's the bar. Like that's a pretty high bar, but that's not the bar it, it clears. So he goes, so like the entire thing is, you know, when you take a two-part movie and consolidate it down to one part, there's a considerable amount of cutting you have to do. And this movie could have been a two-part movie in the same way that the Snyder Cut of Justice League could have been a two-part movie. Whereas like when you watch that movie, Clearly, you can cut at the point after they're done in Gotham Harbor, and then call it a day on part one, release part two after that, and it all will make sense. Part one is serviceable, part two is serviceable, it's a great movie. This movie was a good idea as two movies, where it's like part one is entirely leading up to the conflict with Blofeld, and then part two is there's someone bigger than Spectre here that we need to stop. And I think that that would be a good, that would have been a better way to handle this movie. Um, and, and either way, it's like, we can't change that now. But look, I think that, like, an over-bloated action movie with too many action sequences is a small complaint in the grand scheme of things. Like, look, as long as the action is serviceable, I don't think a lot of people really care about the story. But I think we should. I think that we should demand more of our stories um, than just... more of our movies than just one thing it can be multifaceted we can live in a world where a a, an action movie is is both you know entertaining and engaging and and it's not just driven by a a, a romantic subplot and and um and dealing with the traditional stakes like there are other ways to do this like i feel like it's a cop-out to have it be like his daughter is the reason that he needs to go to this island to save every to, to save the world when, you know, ultimately James Bond making that sacrifice and being the person who can't retire. Um, and, and if he knew that that was what the plot was or if he interacted with the villain like once at all prior to going to this island, I think that's a, that's a fallback, that's a, that's a down, 
point to like uh, even Spectre, where it's like they don't interact really before the before the conflict really starts. Where it's like if he interacted once with Rami Malek, that would have made this movie work a little bit better. But then again, we're already at an hour and and uh, two hours and forty five minutes. But again, just make the movie two parts. I know you may have to pay Daniel Craig a lot more money, but in the grand scheme of things, if you're making two movies and you're gonna and you're gonna do that, you're already filming an hour, two hours and forty five minutes worth of footage anyway. If you just shot them back to back and did two hour uh, hour and a half movies or maybe even hour forty five movies and added in a few more scenes to make this movie flow a little bit better, um, it would work. You could have done this as two movies and it would have worked fine, and you would have netted a lot more money too. Um, so yeah, so if you haven't seen No Time to Die yet, I mean, go out and see it. It's a solid entry. I mean, granted, I did also like Spectre, so take that with a grain of salt. Like, and it, it, it's, it's a fine movie. It is perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable. Like, like I said, I guess we should spread out a little bit more, and, and that's weird to say for an hour, 40, uh, two hour, 45 minute movie, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is a, I feel like this is a... Like, not a misfire, but, like, it's a, like, it could have been a home, like, the way this movie ends, um, for Bond, um, because, again, we're, we're spoiling it in this, in this podcast, but, you know, Bond dies, and, and the way that ends off with Bond dying, um, could have been a, you know, an excellent send-off if everything leading up until that moment wasn't so bloated as, like, wait, what's going on now? Where are we going? Who's doing this? What's going on? How is this working? Um, why are they doing this? Um, like, if it weren't for that, then I don't think that... I think that this movie would have been a perfect send-off um, had this been the part two of this visibly two-part movie. Um, so next week is Halloween Kills, the latest entry into the Halloween franchise. Um, and no new episode of What If this week, because that debacle is finally over. So we will see what else happens next week, and until then, have a great rest of your week. Do you like the show? Do you hate the show? Are you indifferent to the show? No matter what, you should probably let us know what we're doing so we can change it to better suit you, the listener's needs. You can go to either bitbit.ly slash contact, which is a contact form page you can use. Also, you can just email us directly at 30minutereviews at gmail.com. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we can answer them on the air. We have a few questions every week that will be selected to be answered on air. Um, so if you want to tell us what we should do, or if you have a suggestion for a movie or a TV show or something we should cover, go to bitbit.ly slash contact and also email us 30minutereviews at gmail.com.